DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're broadcasting live from Hidden Valley this morning. Fundraiser for Salt Lake Community College. The Gail Miller Leadership Cup is underway. The golfers are out on the course. We are joined now by Gail Miller and by President of Salt Lake Community College, Denise Huffland. Ladies, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Nice to be with you. Hi, Gail. Get- Nice to hear your voice. I'm I'm still a little scratchy this morning. (laughs) Gail, I I think we can start with you here. Uh, I think people know uh, generally that there's been a lot of support for education. There's multiple programs you have going. uh, But why Salt Lake Community College? You seem to have really bonded with them and you... Uh, you've done a lot of stuff for them uh, over the years and really over the decades at this point. Well, I think Solid Community College is a place where anyone can go and get their education and feel confident in what they've learned and then move on to whatever their desired outcome would be. And so I think for me it's because it's such a universally beneficial education and and starting point for people. But you're right, I am very passionate about education. And I served on the board at Salt Lake, the board of trustees at Salt Lake Community College for about, I think about 14 years. Yes. (laughs) So she was a lot, she was one of the best. Oh, thanks, Denise. Uh, I was there when Denise was named president. I have to tell you, I was very impressed not only with her interviews, but with the reception she got when we announced that the students gave her a standing ovation. She had come through the college. They knew her. She'd worked with students. She was beloved and still is. So I think my remarks this morning are, are to thank President Haftelin for what she's brought to the college. She really has a vision. She has personal touch with the students. She's just incredible. Couldn't have been a better president. Well, President, you know, we have been out here many, many times over the years, and I always look forward to that first. It's become a tradition for us, DJ and PK, on this first Monday of September to be at Hidden Valley and to do this stuff for the community college. And you just look at all the changes in the world from the last year we were here to this year, and it's just, uh, wow. I mean, you couldn't have predicted all the stuff has been happening. How have you seen the college, Salt Lake community, just evolve in the last year? Well, first let me say thanks again to Gail for those lovely remarks and to you both because you have been uh, part of our tradition here, and it's great having you here and having you help celebrate with us. Um, I will share that I, I think what I've learned the most of this year is how resilient the human spirit is. I mean, our faculty and our students, in mid-March when everything had to be moved very quickly to remote because of the pandemic. They just stepped up and they figured it out and they learned what they needed to learn and made the adjustments and came together as a community. And I think that's a those lessons of communities rising together to help one another and to kind of get through a, a hard thing, you know, that's a life lesson I think our students need and, and are going to call upon for many, many years in terms of how to deal with things that are that are unexpected. So I'm very grateful for the innovation that has sprung up and the resilience that has sprung up as a result of this pandemic. Well, I think I think a lot of it is what I would call the refiner's fire. Uh, I don't think we'll ever go back to the way it was. We, we will keep the good, but we've added 
so many things that have made us even better and more beneficial to those we serve because we found ways to streamline, to make additional improvements in the way uh, students are interacting with the college, with the services we give. It's uh, it's refining who we are and making it better. And, and a lot of that comes through hard times because you have to. Otherwise, you sail along feeling like things are fine. But when you have a challenge, that's when you rise to the occasion. So I'm curious, uh, and this could be for either one of you, uh, whoever knows the stats better. Uh, you've told us before kind of the makeup of the Salt Lake Community uh, College uh, student body. And Denise, I know you told us that when the uh, economy crashed a little more than a decade ago, a lot of people went back to school. So what does the makeup look like now and how much has that changed in the last year? Yeah, it's a great question because typically, as I said before, when we had the recession, usually when the when the economy starts to go downward, people come back to do retraining and reskilling, and they've got they've got some time. And in some cases, they just need a new uh, credential or degree to to go you know move upward. But this year has been different. We actually are down. Our enrollment is down this um, fall. In the summer, it went way up, which was interesting to us. So. Uh, summer, we actually grew, and I think we grew probably from young people perhaps that were bounced into an online environment in spring and wanted to kind of not lose time, and so they came with us, started with us over the summer and stayed online. But this fall, we're, we're a little bit down. Um, I think the one place where, we've, where we're trying to really strengthen our reach is there's a Learn to Work grant that came through some of the federal stimulus dollars, and our state very wisely chose to invest in higher education and technical degrees. So all of the institutions that have any kind of short-term technical training that can really elevate someone who perhaps has lost their job or or is financially vulnerable, they've given us dollars to give out as scholarships for people to come back and do short-term training. And that has, I think we've had, you know, several hundred people take us up on that and are coming back for some of those short-term certificates, whether it's in computer industry or whether it's in healthcare or, or technology or, um, you know, manufacturing, we're doing some of that short-term training to help pull people out of some of this economic, um, you know, crisis that they are in. But I continue to be um, a bit frustrated by the fact that a lot of our continuing students didn't come back this fall. I think the pandemic has made some people nervous and some people feel like they don't learn as well online and so they're a little gun shy and and frankly this is not the time to step away from your credential or your degree it's it's time to kind of push on the throttle so we are trying very hard to get students to come back for our second 8 week courses or for next spring um we have about 56% of our students who identify as first generation first in their family to come to college we're the most racially and ethnically diverse state or institution in the state. So we really serve students across the board who, who need a credential and a degree to be able to, in many cases, move themselves or their family out of poverty. And um, that's a very important part of our mission. And to the extent that we can use your show and others to kind of get the word out about the programs we have, then we'll take it because we believe so, so much in the importance of higher education. 
Yeah, we've seen a lot of social activism by the NBA players here in recent weeks, and one of the things that really caught my attention was Donovan Mitchell spoke about the value of education and how important it is, particularly in different communities. Could you just speak to how important that thing is and amplify what Donovan was talking about as far as how important education is to move you and maybe generations well beyond you in your family forward? Well, well, you know, I think Gail, go ahead, Gail. I've talked with Donovan about that, and he is passionate. He sees the value of education because he had it in his life, and it moved him into an area where he could make something that otherwise he would make something of himself that otherwise he may not have been able to. Um, and he's, he has seen um, what happens when you don't get an education. And that's why he's so passionate about it for these young black men who don't have the sports, don't have the athleticism and don't have that outlet to go in and make a living. He knows that there are hundreds and thousands of them that need an education so they can get good jobs, so that they can have good futures. And it's, uh, it is so important. The statistics speak for themselves that college or students who have a college degree make much more money than those who don't. And so it's a door that is open to everyone. And I, I admire Salt Lake Community College because they work very hard to do scholarships like this event today to help students come through and get their education, even if they can't fully afford it. Um, you know, most of our student body are Utah residents, but we also have students from other countries. But 90% are Utah residents, and they come back to help provide benefit to our state in the form of good jobs, uh, providing futures for those who come after them. And it's it's really important that one generation builds on the next and provide stepping stones for others who come behind them. Um, it, education cannot be overstated with the importance that it provides a young person. And I would just maybe add that I think part of what we try to do, and for many, for many students, young people that grow up in communities of color or perhaps in areas where opportunities in, in junior high and high school aren't as prolific as they are probably, you know, for other students that are, you know, in different kinds of school situations. Sometimes school itself can be the place where people just don't feel like they belong or they don't feel like they can cut it or someone some, somewhere along the way made them feel like they, they weren't smart enough or good enough. And that's just not the case. People, young people come, if we can get them in the door and they can have a positive experience with a faculty member, you know, really somebody first telling them, hey, you really write well, or hey, you're really good at math. That little nudge early on um, can break some, I think, barriers that some students have experienced coming up in perhaps public ed that really help them see themselves as, as, a, as a college material, you know, and um, it really opens the door to what do you want to do? The, the sky's the limit. Um, and we need more students to be coming and taking advantage of those opportunities and helping their families and themselves really kind of change the trajectory of what's going to happen in their world. 
So what do you say to people who say that all sounds great, but I don't have the money for college and my family doesn't have the money for me to stop working while I go to college? Yeah, it's a good question. And you know what? I totally get that people are there and they're they're there right now even more because of the pandemic. Um, I get that the families are very financially vulnerable. But, you know, the beauty of what Gail has done through her philanthropy and what other folks have done, Salt Lake Community College, you can actually, if you're a student that's coming in from a low-income background and you're really needing some additional financial help, you can come to Salt Lake Community College. If you're, if you're Pell eligible, you can come for no cost. We will cover what your Pell Grant doesn't cover. And then when it comes to books and other resources that you need, we have other programs that either scholarship your book, books or use public domain web materials that are, that are free to you. So we are really trying to pull the lever on any kind of affordability issue and making college very financially accessible. We have, we have scholarships that, that stay on the table all year round and aren't, and aren't taken by students. So my first message to a family would be, you know what, there's more financial um, support than you are aware of, and you come walk in the door and help us or or call us and let us help you um, see what you can qualify for. So before we go, um, Gail, you've brought up a couple interesting points here. One you referenced earlier, you know, coming out of the pandemic, there'll be a a new normal and, you know, we're going to have to adjust and move forward. And I think one thing that's changed, and I know we're coming up on a presidential election and there are people who think when we get on the other side of it, maybe things won't be quite as charged as they are now. Um, I kind of doubt that. I think things are going to stay charged for a while, but, you know, I guess we'll all know in a few months whether that's true or not. But you're in such a public role You've got the team. Obviously, the whole NBA is becoming um, uh, much more outspoken about social justice issues. And, I mean, we've just seen it as recently as this weekend. Even when you're not playing, there's a story in the Tribune about Quinn Snyder and, and who he's donated to. In a politically charged atmosphere, and you've got this team that's very public, how do you go forward in this community making sure the community and the team, which have been bonded for so long, so deeply, remain that bonded? How do you react when there's a story in the paper like that or when the players are saying something and you know it's upsetting a portion of your fan base and the sponsors? Well, it's a very difficult place to be because we don't want to offend anyone. We feel like we are the community's team and we would like to be able to everyone feel good about us and about our mission, vision, and values, which have not changed and will not change. We believe in the freedom and free enterprise. We believe in the right of free expression. We believe in patriotism. We believe in uh, this is the greatest place in the world to live. And so I just would ask people to search their soul and decide for themselves what their beliefs are, and I think all we can do is allow each other to have the right to freely express. It's guaranteed in the Constitution, and we have to be able to uh, look on the side of doing the right thing. Now, I can't be the censor for the community. People say, well, how do you let your players do what they're doing? Uh, It's a very interesting place to be. 
And I, I really don't want to go any farther than that, except to say that uh, I believe in freedom of speech. I also love the flag. I love the country. I believe in respect for all people. And I understand that the black community has been suppressed for hundreds of years. And I do think right now the, the momentum has changed to where they have an opportunity to do something better that we can do better as a country, making sure that everyone has an equal opportunity. Um, you know, I, I know that people have been offended, and I'm sorry for that. I just feel like um, each one of us has to determine for ourselves what we stand for and where we're going and what we will support. I allow all people the right to do that. I don't want to censor anyone. So we stand for uh, what we stand for, and those values have not changed, will not change. So thank you for asking the question, and I, I do hope that people will understand that we all are human beings. Mm. You know, I think I'd only add to that that the, uh, and we deal in words on the radio, right? Words, nonstop words, and the words are often, uh, they can be divisive. People come with the assumptions and Maybe they don't hear everything that someone else has to say. Uh, but I think when you're side by side with someone doing the work, you know, putting stuff into action, that you find you have a lot more in common with people mm. who you would assume you have nothing in common with. And that goes from a golf tournament to raise scholarship money to get people education at Salt Lake Community College to any of the various things I've heard some of your players working on. I, I think the more you have your players and your coaches out there doing deeds in the community, I think the more you'll have the frustration and the tension melt away. And from uh, PK and I have, have talked about this from, uh, you know, from, <laughs> from going through foster care to raising money for scholarships to uh, trying to make sure people are fed. When you're elbow to elbow with somebody, I think a lot of that other stuff falls away. Well, I agree with you there. My philosophy is you don't learn to love people until you serve them. And when you serve side side for a common goal, that's when you really learn that all people are are worthy of your compassion and your love. There are so many things we, as white people, do not understand that uh, we need to understand, and we need to be compassionate. We need to be helpful. So, well, we appreciate. I might just add. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go I was ahead, just going to say, I just, I just think that when you're serving alongside people, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love the college so much is that the diversity at the college is in every way you can imagine is really strong, right? Whether that's race or ethnicity or religion or age or gender. And when you just can be around a rich diversity like that and then really listen to people's experiences, that's how you learn. That's the fundamental way you learn is by listening and and listening to others' experiences, and I think that's what, you know, Gail has just led the way in in understanding how to listen deeply and to have empathy with other people and to learn from them, and that's, that's, if you learn that in life, you're going to be okay. Well, thank you both for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I know you're out of time, but I just want to thank everyone who helped to make this tournament successful and all of the people that play in it, and all the good you do to raise money for scholarships for these students who need it so bad. So thank you. 
appreciate that. Yes. Thank you so much. Denise Hufflin, president of Salt Lake Community College, and Gail Miller. It's the Gail Miller Leadership Cup, raising money for Salt Lake Community College. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Now a second down and 15 from their own 32. Ball on the left. Hash Bucks working from our left to right. Chris Godwin in motion again to the right. Brady takes a gun snap. Quick throw near side. It's picked up. Janoris Jenkins. 15, 10, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown. Janoris Jenkins. Pick six. First down and 10 outside the 10 of the Dolphin 11. Burkhead now to the backfield in motion left. Newton fakes to him. Rolls to the right. Cam's going to run it to the 10. Outside to the 5. Newton to the pylon. Touchdown. Patriots. His second in his New England debut. That's a man right there, boy. First week of the NFL is in the books. Some awesome performances. Not entirely. Some performance. There's two Monday Night Football games tonight. (laughs) The Denver Broncos are playing the Tennessee Titans. Are the Titans going to keep the magic going that they had at the end of last season when they shocked everyone and stormed the AFC title game? Took down the Ravens. Well, they should the win way. tonight, yeah. But, I mean, over 16 games, I mean, I don't know. Giants and Steelers uh, coming up I in the first Steelers. game. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Roethlisberger, if that throwing arm, if he's still winging it like he used to. Uh, Jones is an emerging player for the for the Giants, and Saquon Barkley's fun to watch. Uh, see what uh, there. I thought the first Sunday, first full, obviously they played Thursday, first full Sunday, in my mind anyway, it was the essence of why I'm a sports fan. It was about the games. I know there was some activism, but it didn't seem as big of a deal to me. And I don't want to discount the cause by any stretch, but when it's the games, it's the games. I saw Damian Woody over the week of, uh, must have been Friday. If, you're, if you need sports to escape, what are you escaping from? I want to write him a letter. <laughs> you got a list? I don't want to tell him what I'm escaping from. You know a large part of what I'm escaping from. I do. From. I uh, do. But, yeah, I thought that was somewhat insensitive. But, you know, he gets to say it. And and somehow if you think now, – now if you view sports as an escape, you're a racist. It just <laughs> but she goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like how do you boil all these issues down to one issue that this is the only issue? That's not the issue you're escaping. It has nothing to do with the issue you're escaping. I know, but he's, that's what he said. I was I listening to him say it, and maybe I misinterpreted, but that's the way I took it. But that was the great thing. It was about the games, and these athletes, Russell Wilson, is sensational. I, I'm going to beat that drum all season, that Russell Wilson isn't getting his due as a he was, great there, quarterback. So there were uh, two qu- – I, I thought there were a lot of good performances yesterday, but there were two, I thought, that just jumped out. And not to dismiss the cool things other people did, you know. And I, and I hate the game manager thing. It seems so dismissive. Cam Newton, game manager. Yeah, well, they went on the road which, one which, by ten. Which I don't think there is such a thing at the NFL level. And, and I can, yeah, we can get a whole thing on that. But the two guys who were gunslinger, off the charts, I'm the guy, good luck stopping me, because, by the way, you're not even coming close, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. 
You know, they've won Super Bowls, one each. Um, and they've got this rep. They are Hall of Famers. And I think they, they are. They stepped out in game one yeah. and put up outstanding numbers and were just unstoppable. And, it, and the thing is, it was just, you know, Rodgers just rolling out and just zipping the ball into the side of the end zone. You know, toe tap, touchdown. And that was just, that's why you love the NFL. It doesn't have the pageantry of college football. It doesn't have the loyalty because you walk the halls. But it's the best playing at the highest level. And when you see that, when you see Russell Wilson, the deep ball, but not just a powerful arm, but with touch, just dropping it over the defensive back, right in stride. If he breaks stride, maybe he doesn't score. But he didn't have to break stride because the ball is so on target. Yeah. Yeah, those are two premier guys. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be fun to watch this year. Uh, who was it? Rex Ryan called Jordan Love the worst draft pick ever. <laughs> did you see that? I didn't. Oh, you didn't see that? I didn't, but I totally... Doc, did you see that? It's yeah, not surprising. Rex Ryan said that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I didn't see that. And yeah. I think he's trying to stand up for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but it's still okay, like, okay, Okay, but the okay, worst buddy. draft pick really? was later in the first round. Well, right away, like Ryan Leaf was a second. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah. well, no, Heath, I was Schuller, say, <laughs> Heath Schuller was the number one pick. He didn't do anything. <laughs> You've got so many that are out there that are right, so much right. worse. So that's why. Now, they traded up, so they get... they if he If he blows up, if he's terrible, and he never plays you trade it up for him so you get extra demerits for that but he's still not a number one or number two pick okay the, the bears traded up for trubitsky who came alive in the and fourth I guess quarter maybe maybe, came alive. maybe he's coming around maybe it just takes time it sometimes it does yeah there were i mean alex smith the first five years you know and it's it's the players around you it's the coaches around you i mean we know alex went through the rotating offensive coordinators and all that and then you get to a spot where everything clicks and, and the thing is with trubisky you know, it was three quarters of nothing, but that fourth quarter was really good. 21 nothing, I think, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll check back in 2025, maybe. Uh, who knows? Maybe Aaron Rodgers is still playing. Then, <laughs> I mean, because he, of all the players in the league, he should have the biggest chip on his shoulder. Even bigger than Tom Brady. Because if Tom Brady totally bombs, you say... He's got six titles, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's in his 40s. It were Father time is going to get you 100 years point. from now, we'll be talking about Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, DJ and PK the fourth we'll be talking about. <laughs> so he's already. It's basically if he does anything, he just adds. It's like Jordan going to the Bull, uh, Washington. We can call them the Bulls, but they're the Wizards. Uh, nobody even really remembers it. Did anybody with that that whole spiel we did on the Jordan stuff? Did they totally even, blew it <laughs> off? I mean, totally like it didn't off. exist. Wizards, Wizards. <laughs> and I don't know if Brady's going to be like that, but that's worst case scenario. If it is. Well, then so what? Okay, Joe Montana took the Chiefs to the AFC title game. It was their best in 50 years. They just had the Super Bowl, and they had the Lynn Dawson Super Bowl back in Super Bowl Four. It was a highlight of 50 years. But nobody even talks about that with Montana. Montana right, about but the it, Niners and the Four Super Right, Bowls. but it, it wasn't a bust with him there. It wasn't, no. I'm saying worst case Brady. Even if it's a bust, right? If it is, yeah. Who knows if it will be. I don't think it will be. To the, I don't know that he's going to win any Super Bowls, but it didn't, there's not either – Bust or Super Bowl, there's a lot of in between, as you just said with Montana getting to the to, to the ship in the AFC. So there's a lot of stuff to be accomplished. You we'll love see. the ship. You love the that. <laughs> you just love that. I'm going to the ship. It just came naturally. I didn't work it in. You've done it like 20 times, but that came you naturally. Beat it into the ground. That for came the last week. I, I get that. You're right. I'm not arguing that. <laughs> but that reference came naturally. Okay. I'm saying there's. You got to admit it's not. Super Bowl or bust, right? He was in Brady. He was in the AFC title, Tampa Bay, and they lost. Montana got to the AFC ship. 
with Brady, I always assumed that New Orleans was going to win the division and they were going to be a wild card. And I'm figuring they were, they, they were basically mediocre last year with a quarterback throwing 30 picks. Now Brady went out and threw two in the first game. So, and one was a pick six, which he just threw it too far inside. I mean, it was just, yeah. And they had the third turnover, too. Turnovers. Still a killer. They killed Miami in that New England game. I thought it was Patrick a great day of football. Picks. Yeah. And then you had the referees with some pass interference. Cowboys are hooting and hollering this morning about pass interference. That was offensive pass interference. I, didn't, I thought that call was uh, fine. I didn't think Keep, so. I thought, well, it was it was debatable. I'll go that way. Can I, can I say it was debatable or you won't even go there? No, I no, thought no. it was debatable. Well, I thought I will it was say a little this. jostling. I will say this. First off, I thought it was pass interference. But if you want to say that's, been, that's happened in NFL games and doesn't get called a quarter of the time or a third of the time, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, the, the Saints, <laughs> the Saints will probably be like, hey, I've seen pass interference. They don't call it. Okay, Saints fans, you're right. There have been times where that has not been called. I was glad they called it because I thought it was there. But if you want to say, come on, DJ, you watch enough football, you know that can be a no call. You're right, it can be. It well, ha- the Cowboys it has lost been. the game and losers complain about the refs. Right. And I can see them this morning complaining about the referees. Well, the offense wasn't nearly as good no. as it needed to be. You know, put yourself in that situation, blah, blah, blah. We hear that argument, too. And it should have been a little bit better there because it was not good offense. I mean, the, the Cowboys defense didn't really show me stuff. played better than I thought. Man, that opening exactly. drive, the Rams went right about. down the field. I'm like, what are you doing? This, you're not, this is terrible. You look like the Jets. <laughs> the Jets are scoring touchdowns. They not only aren't hitting guys, they aren't close enough to touch guys. What are you doing? They're the Jets. Yeah, that's it. That's the bottom line. Kevin Graham on game day is such a fun follow. He really is, isn't he? He is so <laughs> negative. And like, what? why are you a Jets fan, man? He's just like, you take no satisfaction. And he dates the time, Eastern Standard Time, and when the season ended. Yeah. It's the first game. One forty-two, or whatever it was. <laughs> I wasn't watching the game when I saw the highlights later. I saw what he was, uh, I saw what he was frustrated with. Yeah, Bills are a good team. Zach Moss, well, you know, he's going to be a good player for them. We already knew yeah. that, and he caught a touchdown pass. It's no surprise. He's a good player. One of my favorite players ever to be involved Outstanding in interview. Him. Great yeah, interview. Always so matter-of-fact, and just yeah. i got a job to do. And Dylan Johnson made some plays. We didn't bring him up earlier. He uh, deflected, a, me at all. deflected a ball that got intercepted, and then Starting he broke up a pass corner. right at the end of the game. He, every level he started. Yeah. Every, now, now he can say it. There's no level beyond this. Every level, freshman, rookie, probably freshman in high school. Probably I don't in know. high school, yeah. But obviously Utah, rookie, starting for the Bears. He got run over on one play, but that's going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, it was a great day of NFL football. I look forward to watching the games tonight. There's no NBA, right? That's off. They're off How do you like Sunday morning NBA playoff games? <laughs> you know, I, I, meant to, I meant to talk about this earlier. That was a little weird. This, we talk about the calendar changing. Uh-huh. I, it wouldn't stretch this far, so maybe it's not a fair uh, assessment. But yesterday, I didn't get the full bang for the buck with NBA playoffs because of NFL. Yeah. So in that way, and, and I'm st- I'm in football mode now. I have to reverse it, and I'm obviously going to watch Game 7 tomorrow. Uh, but I'm still in f- – I've made the switch – so I don't know if I want the NBA calendar. I suppose over time I can get used to it, but clearly it would have to be done, in my mind, no later than late July, early August. Because I didn't – I was in football mode yesterday. Yeah. 
I've thought that as this unra- uh, unfolded, unraveled, uh, <laughs> but it's 2020, so it kind of has unraveled. But uh, as it's unfolded, like, do they want to go all in on having the NBA championship game seven on August 25th? Uh, I don't, I don't know that that's a good idea. Could they? Do you move it a couple weeks as opposed to a couple months? Yeah, well, that's maybe, no big deal. May, right, exactly. I can see that. And so, what's the middle ground there? Maybe you do want a championship, you know, August 10th. Uh, August. 20, Get it over. Get it yeah. over. Right. If you want to go August yeah. early, I'm saying first couple of weeks of August. Yeah, I can see that. But no later. No later than that. Right. Because yeah. NFL preseason. And that's something do it for they me. can still fine tune. Even if they did one year, then they, next year they can move it by a couple weeks. I think what we're going to see here is. You know, we had Gail Miller in the last segment, and there were a million things to ask her, and you only get 20 minutes, which, on the one hand, 20 minutes is a long time, but on the other hand, you could talk to her for two hours and not have hit That's everything. That's why we're going to have lunch. Not everything you want to hit. You're not going to have lunch with Gail. I didn't say I was going to have lunch with Gail. I said, That's why we're going to have lunch. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this. I, I if she invites think- me to lunch, I'll go. I believe that. I'll clear my calendar. I believe that. I think it's a big if, but I believe you <laughs> will clear your calendar. I am, let alone <laughs> you always say that. Lunch. It's true. If you've been with us for a while, sometimes like Spence Eccles doesn't even know who I am. I'm like, ball, a hundred percent. He knows who you are. One hundred percent. Oh yeah, he just knows that good-looking guy who's on TV and the radio. <laughs> That's all. That's how he knows. He doesn't know my name. All right, fine. Uh, so the uh, the Nuggets. They forced a Game 7 with the Clippers. They did this to the Jazz, down 3-1. They came back. Now, down 3-1 to the Clippers. They're coming back. If they get Game 7, we had Steve Cleveland. He doesn't think the Nuggets can beat the Lakers. He thinks this will be... Oh, we didn't think they could... We didn't think they were going to beat the Jazz down 3-1. Know, right. We didn't think they, they were going to beat, beat the, the Clippers. Clippers. So, of course, we don't think we're gonna, they're going to beat the Lakers. But I'll tell you what, there. If they get this game, I'm pulling for them all the way. Oh, absolutely. All of Utah is. It's, They're not pulling for the Lakers. But it's not anti-Laker. And when I asked Steve Cleveland, which was really your take, but make me be the bad guy. <laughs> is this dirty? Because the Lakers signed LeBron as a free agent. He's not really a Laker. He's a hired gun. And then they tamper with Anthony Davis and then leverage him out of New I'm Orleans. not going to acknowledge it if they do. And is, he, is this I'll dirty? I'll go to City Hall and boo. like, ah, oh, you're a beaut. Well, that's because he doesn't want to say, yeah, it's dirty. <laughs> It's not like trading for a future draft pick and then getting magic and then drafting worthy. I was told by someone very close to the Lakers in October of two years ago that he was going to sign with the Lakers. The Lakers already knew it. it he wanted to be in Hollywood. It was going to happen. And sure enough, it's exactly what happened. And I was told literally eight months before by someone who has a direct connection in the Laker organization. And that's sure enough. So, boom. Ah, screw it. Ah! Ah! But if you want to root against them, that's fine, too. I just like the Denver story. A bunch of guys. A bunch of unheralded guys. Well, it's time to herald them. Mostly drafted. Millsap, no. The Millsap's at the end. He's just a big Yeah, but he gave him a big lift in the third quarter, game five. But but you're not going to count on him. No. Every night. Uh, but no, but they went out and drafted Murray, and they went out and drafted the, the Joker, yeah. and they went out and drafted Nurkic and had to trade him because they had Jokic. I mean, they drafted some depth. And Porter. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Uh, so uh, as long as we're talking about uh, the dream and all that, uh, Alec Mills, Chicago oh. Cubs, a walk-on at Tennessee Martin. 
Okay, you're, you're that's, heightening the walk-on. That's way down the list. But it, it, this is baseball. Nobody gets a full scholarship. Right, but he didn't get a partial scholarship. He walked on. And he's a Tennessee Martin. If he got a scholarship, he's still a Tennessee Martin. That's a long way down the food chain. And he made it to the Cubs. He beat the odds. And he threw a I no-hitter. I think he was like a 22nd-round draft choice. Nice. So every step of the way, yeah, he's throwing a but, no-no. Coming we'll out of high school. That. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the fluke of baseball. That's that's the fun stuff of sports though. But it seems like it happens in baseball more. Yeah, football you have to have the measurables. In basketball well, you gotta be the yeah, you gotta and, have a certain amount of height. Yeah, and well But there's still guys But you're not gonna be put in that position a lot of the time. Where in baseball Bucky Dent comes up yeah. and he hits a thing that is fifty years old now. 40 years old? No, was it 70-something? 45, yeah, 40, yeah. 45. Yeah, and Bucky, believe in Dent, goes down in history. Bucky Dent. Bucky I know, Dent. Right? I know. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? No, he ends up on a show with us. <laughs> we got yeah. the interview. Well, many Came times. out for a golf tournament. He, 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 multiple times. Multiple. And Steve Kirkin hit a winning shot. Well, it's because Jordan passed it to him. Yeah. Well, nobody was helping Bucky Dent. It was one-on-one. Baseball, you get these guys in a moment's time, they capture it. This Mills dude, nobody's going to remember him in years no. from now. But it's a cool story. He's not uh, you know, one of their John Lester or whomever, one of their better pitchers. You said his ERA is five? Yeah. It's a big number. It went down. <laughs> a complete game will do that. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, that's some of what we have been talking about here today. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're going to get to your feedback coming up next. And DJ and PK, we'll get all your, uh, get all your takes. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller and the car dealerships right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. We, of course, are going to talk a lot of football on Football Friday. And they figure, Coach Mack, we saw BYU take it to Navy. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I was so impressed with the offensive line. I mean, those guys, it was classic. That offensive line, that's a good crew. Those guys are well-coached, well-taught. They're not just big, slow guys. These guys are good players. And they understand the concept of what they're being taught. The running backs obviously knew how to hit the creases. And Wilson was very good. Because the run game was so good, it opened up the passing game. He could take what you want because they're just stoning them in the run game. The Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Feedback of the day brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com So we got a lot of stuff coming in here. Some of it's funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, here's a serious one. Jeremy, uh, after listening to that interview, I love that Gail is our leader of the Utah Jazz. We need more women like her in leadership, especially up there on the hill. And then Ute Shasta Trailer tweets at us. I love the part at the end where Gail said, I know you're out of time, but like you're going to cut Gail off. LOL. You're on to us, Ute Shasta Trailer. You're on to us. Well, that'd be you. You take I'd us have in to that be the one. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That's not my job. So uh, you got something to say? We're going to say it. I, I like the part about, and I know some people may not like it, 
But I like the part about the freedom of expression. And that's an interesting thing because we all agree on freedom of expression, especially when we agree with the expression that's being said. But if we don't, well, then eh, I don't want to hear it. Shut up. Blah, 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 blah. So... You know, it's that, that whole freedom of speech and expression is an interesting thing. So there's been a lot of things that the jazz players have said. Some, maybe not a lot, but some of them I haven't agreed with. Uh, but and the thing that I don't that I particularly don't like is that they make a statement, but they're never they're not challenged on it. Donovan Mitchell can say something at the start of an interview, and these Zoom things, you got five minutes, and the reporter's got to ask him about the game. So there's never any follow-up. You know, you, well, what about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this person that you're making out to be a martyr, uh, and he has been arrested for this, this, and this? It was, well, whatever that might be. It was interesting that Gail started telling us about Donovan's thoughts on education, um, you know, his mom's a teacher. We know that. Yeah. And, you know, he went to Louisville for a couple of years before he went pro. And, you know, he went to, by all accounts, apparently a really good, uh, you know, private school. Uh, Multiple. Back east. Yeah. And, uh, and at the same time, you know, he's talked about having one foot in one universe and one foot in another on the weekends playing AAU. And he sees people who don't maybe have the same opportunities. They and they don't have the – and so Gail's talking about he all this. He grew up in privilege. And I'm thinking, okay, we've never gotten to talk to – Donovan or hear him talk about this, but it's because of what you say of the Zoom. You're going in, you got one question, you're thinking about what somebody else is going to ask. You know, if you lay back and you're the in an interview situation, you ask one of the questions at the end, you can kind of try to fill in the hole on a topic that hasn't been discussed. You never know when you're going to call done in Zoom, and that's your one shot. And so stuff doesn't get covered. Well, stuff that's it could be controversial, it could be confrontational, it could just be interesting, but it all falls. Plus, if you ask any question or you donate any money, that's perceived as being racist. And who wants to be called racist? Nobody really. Yeah. So if yeah. you ask a question. Well, someone that may a, a single question or apparently a single statement may ruin somebody's day, and then you get vilified as I did on Twitter by somebody whose day was ruined because I wrote down some quotes from somebody who doesn't like a particular organization, and then you're branded as racist. Wait a second. Where's freedom of expression? That's what I'm talking about. Freedom of expression. Well, it ruined the day, and the next thing you know, the thing's taken down because somebody's day was ruined. Well, what about freedom of expression? That's the the freedom of expression is really interesting when you think about it, man. And I want to be on the side of freedom of expression, recognizing that there's going to be some things that I disagree with. That's part of it. Hopefully you can have civil conversation, even if there's a disagreement. That's how you can make some progress. And I caught Donovan talking on one of his Zoom deals where he spoke about, or maybe he did it on one of his own deals about education. Ultimately, for so many folk, that can make a difference. And that's why I look forward to coming out here every year, because it's about Salt Lake Community. I had a kid go to Salt Lake Community. I understand the value of my sister, who ended up with her freaking doctorate, started at County College of Mars. And as you know, I may have mentioned at a time or two, my parents didn't have a whole lot of money. I've heard that. Yeah. So she, went, who ended up with her doctorate, but started the community, at community college. Community college was the path. 
Yes, it was. Last thing, uh, did PK, so this comes from Jake Edmonds at Channel 2, did PK say there are only three cases for BYU? There are definitely more than that. There were three cases on the practice squad before the Navy game, Jake texts me. He says the concern now is more about contact tracing, about 50 players affected. Well, I said on the travel squad. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. That's what I said. I didn't say on the team. So if you're going to quote me, quote me accurately. So there were – well, that's why he used the question mark. Did PK say there were only three cases for BYU? No, I did not. Yeah, he says there are definitely more than that. There are three cases on the practice squad, which is what you're saying. Uh, but now 50 players – with the, the 50, I don't think, goes to positive tests. I think that goes to the contact tracing. Well, that's why they're not right. playing the game. And that's why the Army game is off. Yeah, duh. As, as disappointing as that is. It's not just three. No, right. it was three that are on that squad. That's what, that's what I said, and that backs up what I just said. All right, DJ and PK, and uh, you got anything else you need to throw out here? Have we covered everything? Probably not, but if you got anything you can throw out in 20 seconds. 20 seconds? <laughs> and I can't even breathe in 20 seconds. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> All right, well, thanks to uh, everyone who came out to play here in the Leadership Cup to benefit Salt Lake Community College and raise money for uh, scholarships. Appreciate all that. DJ and PK brought to you in part today by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Scotty and Hands are up next. We'll see you.